Joining us today, I have Dr. Page. She has a passion for integrating faith, multicultural competence, and psychology training, which developed while completing undergraduate studies at Pepperdine University and was further fueled during graduate training at Rosemead School of Psychology at Biola University. Her unwavering charge to return to a Christian graduate school community that values integrating faith into practice while also emphasizing mentorship of minoritized students in the clinical psychology field was fulfilled with her appointment at Regent University. Dr. Page's love of mentorship is continually demonstrated through her roles as niche mentor for students of color, faculty advisor to the Association of Black Psychologists Student Circle, founder of the Academy of Minority Identity Development and Advocacy, otherwise known as AMIDA, a research team here at Regent University, director of the Campus Psychological Services Center, and just recently, the SID program director. Dr. Page, thank you for joining us. No problem, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to see you. Yeah. It's the first time this semester. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've weeks in, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've been starting these off uh, just kind of, can you explain to us where, where did your interest in psychology first begin and what was that like for you? Yes. So I feel like I have the kind of traditional psychologist story where like people talk to me and I listen, uh -huh. but I really got interested into it in psychology when I was, I think it was 10th grade. I took a child and adolescent psychology course when I was in high school okay. and I was fascinated with the themes of attachment and how mm. our caregivers influence how we interact today. Mm. And I started seeing that a lot in my relationships with my friends. And I was really curious about that. So, mm. so okay, I'll guess I'll study psychology in undergrad. Uh -huh. And then I did not know that I needed to keep going to school to be a psychologist. <laughs> so I learned that about halfway through and then uh, got a little bit of direction about where to go for graduate school and so forth. So that's as a 10th grade is really how I got started. Okay. And what is it? So, past bachelors, there's, you know, there's a master's, there's a doctor, there's PhD, PsyD, there's clinical mm -hmm. psychology, there's uh, all these different areas of study. What is it that brought you to clinical psychology? I had a really good mentor when I was in undergrad. So oh. part of my responsibilities when I was at Pepperdine, I was a spiritual life advisor. So like okay. I ran Bible studies, essentially is what happened, but <laughs> we had a fancy title for it. And I felt like I was using my counseling skills. I was holding confidentiality for girls who were in my dorm. I was, mm -hmm. you know, shepherding them in various ways. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to be better at it. I wanted to just gain more skills. And so originally, like I applied to mainly PhD programs, actually, okay. because that if I'm going to get a terminal degree, let's get the PhD, right? Like, let's yeah. just go for the moon. But I didn't realize that those programs were more research heavy. Mm. And I didn't have a lot of research experience. I was on a big team in undergrad. We did some poster presentations, things like that. But my background wasn't like that of a traditional PhD student. So uh -huh. my mentor actually told me about the PsyD degree in clinical psychology and told me that he thought I would be a pretty good fit for it. So I think mm. if it wasn't for him and his, uh, uh, what is it? His encouragement, I guess, <laughs> his persistent encouragement, <laughs> um, yeah. I probably wouldn't be here. And so did you, the PsyD program at Biola, um, that was, you went through 
after undergrad, you went through graduate school where you got your, was it like a master's in PsyD all in one, kind of like here at Regent? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Funny story. I actually applied to Bible as a PhD student. So okay. I was still kind of following that train. But <laughs> during, during my interview, they were so kind and they said, you sound more like you kind of want to work with people, maybe do like a little bit of research versus mm -hmm. do a lot of research and work with people on the side. Uh -huh. And so they, they allowed me to, to change the, the box that I checked, which was really, um, Okay. Telling for them about who they are as a program, but that's yeah, cool. That's interesting. In, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the master's is embedded in the program. Okay. Yeah. And uh, from my understanding, is is Biola their theoretical orientation is a little bit more psychodynamic than other schools? Yes, there's a stronger yeah. bent towards it. So still evidence based practice, right? Yeah, still the foundation yeah. of that, but. A lot of when I was there, I had a lot of professors who were there kind of from the beginning times of Rosemead, uh -huh. where psychodynamic and relational and attachment theories were very were very prevalent, very strong. So I think I got it kind of in every class that I took, some of that understanding. Okay. So that was probably a really good fit for you already with your uh high school class and you liking attachment and then going into that. Yes. Yeah. It was beautiful. I could not have orchestrated it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um and is that you, is that, did that propel to now? Is that still your kind of theoretical orientation or what's, what's your leaning like now? My leaning is probably still more attachment and relational base. I have some, like I still have the psychodynamic lens. So I like to say I was raised kind of in psychodynamic theory, uh -huh. but I would describe myself more attachment oriented. Okay. And you and, uh, you and Dr. Stevens are planning on starting uh, a psychodynamic class, right? An elective? Yes, we're reviving it. So, okay. yes, it used to be here. Dr. Drew Radani had it going on. So it was it was excellent. I was glad that she was able to bring kind of like a little rosemade flair to, to <laughs> it. And so we're, yeah, we have the opportunity to revive it. So I'm really excited to, to do that with Dr. Stevens. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It's going to be a great time. Everybody should take it. Okay. And um, so the focus really is going to be on like teaching, teaching you guys the theory, the psychodynamic theory and learning how, teaching you how to conceptualize clients more so from that perspective. So um, a more focused, I guess, training on it versus just kind of read this book, read this article and mm -hmm. try to make sense of the client that you have right now. Uh -huh. Ideally, I'd like it to become like a, not just a one semester elective, but one that you take all year. And okay. then you have a client that you work through and present and show tape, things of that sort. But that's Is that how it used to be? Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds very exciting. I'm, I'm excited for that one. Good. I'm it glad. starts in the spring? Yes, in January. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> um, and do you have any, so it can be psychodynamic leaning or whoever, do you have any kind of psychologist or uh, therapist or just authors that you really like to, that you pull a lot from or that you would recommend to read? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, for like attachment stuff in Psycho D, not, um, not so much right now. I'm, I'm more kind of immersed in some of the multicultural literature at the moment. So mm -hmm. um, things that talk about like having a multicultural orientation or perspective when working with clients. So having your, your typical uh, theoretical orientations, whether it's like attachment, whether it's cognitive behavioral, cognitive theory, but then pulling in all the different salient identities that the client has as well to kind of mm. enhance the therapeutic experience. So those yeah. are kind of where I hang out now. Okay. Yeah. What about an author from that category? 
Yes. So I have a book actually here. Okay. So um, Joshua Hook works a lot with Davis, Owen, and DeBlair to create this book. It's called Cultural Humility. So mm -hmm. learning how to work with clients from that perspective. So that's, it came out in like 2017 and it's one of my favorite books to read okay. and um, to talk with students about. I have a new one that I'm using for Advanced Diversity by um, Dr. Jones Smith. It's Culturally Diverse Counseling Theory and Practice. So okay. I enjoy those a lot. Good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And so talking about that, um, how about you, can you tell us a little bit about Amida and um, the startup of that and what you guys do as a research team here at Regent? Yes, we do a lot of things. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so many things. So Amida started because I wanted to curate some team that allowed students of color or students who were interested in issues of advocacy and social justice, hmm. just to have a voice, essentially. I wanted them to have kind of a space and a place throughout their time in the program where they could talk about things that were important to them, hmm. that were on their hearts, maybe that um, didn't feel as safe to bring up in some of the more traditional classes. So hmm. that was the foundation of it, essentially. I'm always interested in minority identity development, however that leans and falls. So whether it's racial ethnic identity, gender identity, um, the intersection of some of those, hmm. um, disabilities, socioeconomic status, all of those things. So from, from its start, we've, what I've done is students who are interested, they, you know, they commit for the year and then we talk about kind of themes and we create projects out of those themes. So this year our theme is rest and what it looks like to, to lean into that and take care of yourself as somebody who is maybe an, an advocate and kind of on the front lines, but how do you uh, take care of yourself and your soul in the midst of all of that? That so sounds good. Coming, yeah, thank you. Coming off of, you know, last year yeah. being not so restful. So. <laughs> yeah, we need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, well, what kind of, do you guys have any research projects going on right now? Yes. So we're expanding upon things that we did last year. So one of our third years, Trinity Johnston had this um, presentation she gave. It's on like allyship, burnout, and I believe compassion. Mm. and or compassion fatigue and so mm. it's more of like a kind of a workshop for people who want to be allies what does that look like what are some signs of burnout and how do you kind of give yourself compassion as an ally when you're hopping into into mm. these kind of conversations but then translating that as well to people who've been in the fight for a little bit so yeah. how do they maybe shore up um allyship how do they protect themselves from burnout we've looked at what that looks like in um, therapists of color providing telehealth people who've been multiply impacted by, um, by, the, by the pandemic that we're still in. And um, we've also looked a little bit at what that looks like in kind of educational spaces. So having conversations with students, getting students engaged and what that looks like from um, the perspective of individuals of color, of individuals with majority culture, and then also people who ascribe to a Christian faith. Hmm. So those are kind of our big foci, I guess, right now. Yeah, yeah. That sounds really interesting. The it, This might be a little bit more of a personal question, but um, can you tell us a little bit about, you can say no, can you tell us a little bit about your maybe identity development and what is it that got you uh, passionate about helping others with that? That's a very good question. Um, yeah, my, adult, my identity development started pretty young. So mm. my parents were very, 
intentional on making sure that I, as a, as a young little black girl growing up, going to schools that were predominantly white, that I believed in myself. So mm. growing up, I was always aware of my ability and aptitude to um, perform well in mm. academics, at least. My parents were extremely intelligent. So it was always, you know, do, do your best, whatever your best is, but we know uh. what you're capable of. So make sure that you always reach those heights. And so I think kind of merging that with what it meant to be a woman and also a woman of color mm. kind of transpired around high school-ish, but mainly in undergrad and graduate school. Um, so I don't know. I've always, I've always just been really interested in women. So like my high school was all, was all girls. Okay. So that was great for me. It's like, oh, great. Like we're hanging, we're just going to school. Like we're not worried about like relationships. Like we show up, there's no makeup. People aren't shaving their legs. Like we're, we're here to learn. And I, I value that so much. Yeah. And when I switched to going to undergrad, it was co-ed. And it was just interesting to see the, how people could, I guess, just help. Uh, their focus was a little bit different. So mm. some people were there really trying to, you know, get married by the time they they graduated and others were, okay, like, this is my degree. This is what I'm here for. And so uh -huh. I was curious about what that looks like in um, different gender presentations as well. So mm. graduate school, I don't know, I think it just all kind of came, it all kind of came together. We didn't talk a lot about intersectionality when I was in graduate school, okay. but I recognized that I had so many different pieces yeah. in my life that came together in such a way that encouraged me and told me that I like could do what I wanted to do. So I was curious about exploring that. Hmm. You, you've told me before about um, after graduate school and kind of your plans and how you ended up at Regent. Can you kind yeah. of talk a little bit about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, it was a complete God thing, 100%. So. <laughs> <laughs> halfway through graduate school I decided okay so like maybe I'll just stay in Kansas right like it'll be fine working for a couple years get some loan repayment but it was Kansas was not the place for me it was not life-giving at all it was more of like a really long wilderness experience <laughs> 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 um unfortunately but I think it it helped me get to get to where I am so I went through like multiple rounds of kind of postdoc applications. It was like, oh, I like students. Let's go to UCC. That didn't work out. Okay, I'll just go back to California, right? Like I'll work <laughs> for Biola for a little bit. I'll do this private practice. But none of those options really felt like completely fulfilling. I didn't want to have, I guess I didn't want to be in multiple locations. I really wanted to make sure that I was working with a body of people who believed in, in training students and training them to be competent and excellent clinically so regent fell fell into my lap actually so dr drew Rodani reached out to one of my cohort mates who then called me and was like hey regent's hiring you should you should apply it's like what is regent <laughs> <I've heard of it. laughs> what are you talking about oh it's in virginia like across the country yeah. no, california that's not for me <laughs> no <laughs> never so I ended up applying, I was forced to apply. So I ended up doing it and I didn't think that, um, I think it would go farther, right? I was like, ah, don't read my things and be like, who is this child? Society, <laughs> we don't want it, right? And um, I ended up coming out for the, for the interview, meeting everybody and walking on campus after I had my, my job talk. So I talked about my dissertation. I just, it felt like I was at home mm. and I couldn't, that was, it was a palpable feeling that I had 
I remember I went on the campus tour and some students who were in the job talk like chased after me and <laughs> I was like, ah, what is going on? But it was like, you know, they told me like, I feel like you're here for such a time as this. Like, thank you so much for coming. And we really oh. hope you were able to stay. And so I get like chills every time I think about it. Yeah, but I just got chills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, I didn't, I didn't recognize the impact that I could potentially have. And so mm. I said, okay, well, I feel like God wants me to be here and the students seem to like me. So well, what was your job talk on? Um, what was it? My dissertation title was so long. Um, the professional influences on the personal and professional identity development of the black female psychologist. Mm, okay, good. So, yeah, just intersectionality of the wazoo, essentially. Yeah. And how long has it been since you've walked on campus? That's a, uh, May of uh, June, early June of 2014. Okay. Seven years. And so, let's see. And now, okay. And so now you just got promoted to, you know, director. I did. And, yes. <laughs> um, where do you, where do you see kind of your, where do you, maybe in like the next 10 years, where do you see yourself being if that's, if you had to imagine, I know it's, you would have never even thought that you'd be director by now, right? I don't no. know. Maybe so. No, and here I am. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, what is your, I guess, uh, you know, what is your goal? What does your future look like to you? Oh, wow. I, I don't know. I, hmm. I see myself still at Regent functioning okay. in some capacity. So yeah. I, in every role that I've had, I feel like I have worked hard to make it better than it was before I, hmm. um, before I stepped into it. So uh -huh. I've, I've kind of transitioned from each position feeling like, okay, like I did my job, right? Good. Like the goals yeah. that I had were there and they, they were accomplished. So even this transition happening a little bit earlier than I thought it might, um, I still feel pretty solid in what I was able to accomplish as clinic director. So as program director, there's a lot to do. Like there's so many aspects of the program that I would like to shift a little bit and see changed. So yeah. like ideally I would like every student to, to graduate and be happy that they graduated from here. have like fond memories, right? That would be great. Not, not like, <laughs> Oh, it was so hard. I'm so tired, right? Like I don't want to think about psychology. So <laughs> I would like um, positive, positive associations to be to be with that pro with the program. And then mm. from there, I think I'd like us to have a stronger like national presence. Mm. Um, so when people hear hear Regent, they they think of the ID program and what we've accomplished. Yeah. So, but beyond that, I haven't thought too much about it. Yeah, oh, that's good. And s stepping away from future oriented. Yes. If you could look uh, from your the beginning of your career up until now, what would you say the most maybe impactful or rewarding experience that you had was? The most, like one. Oh dear. <laughs> um, that's oh my gosh. I need to. Okay, I'll. Mm. Okay, so I have two. Which okay. is not your question, but I'll get to you. What are the two most? <laughs> the two most. Thank you. Great. Okay, yeah. good. So um, on internship, my um, site supervisor, Jeremy Morris, was entirely instrumental in helping me develop my voice. Hmm. So one-on-one, -on -one, like you're, we've had conversations one-on-one. -on -one, and so who, who I am now was not who I was when I was on internship. Uh -huh. I, I hid my personality a hmm. lot because it didn't feel professional. And uh -huh. I didn't know how I could effectively work with clients in that way and so mm. he would encourage me to to be myself fully and 
Um, he would, every time I didn't show up, like he's like, where's the rest of Cassandra? <laughs> I need her to be here. So with that, <laughs> no, he was great. But it was the first time I had somebody who was in power and also white actually, mm. who was not afraid, I guess, of all that, um, all that means for me to, to be a black woman. So he was like, yeah, be sassy. Be sarcastic. Do that. It's like, are you sure? <laughs> like, are you okay? Do you so, know what you're asking for? Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> ah. so um, that that really helped me. I think come into my own tremendously, and so mm. I was able to build upon that when I when I came to Regent. Um, and since being here, the second so Jeremy fought for my voice, and mm. then I would say. Um, I think Dr. D and Dr. Y both um, fought for me as as person, hmm. I guess. Um, so it was instrumental for me to have a a woman of color that I could look to. Like, okay, you you've been through it, but right, like you uh -huh. you made it. You you got tenure. What did what did you need to do um, to get there? How did you survive? And uh -huh. also, you're thriving. So what does that look like for you? Like, what boundaries have you set up? And so she allowed me to be to be human, but also reminded me of the strength that I had. Mm. Um, and Dr. Yarhouse was very instrumental in like the relational piece of it, I think, and reminded me that like you, you as a person, like you, Cassandra, are also very important. So mm. yes, you teach this great, yes, you mentor, that's great, but like, how are you actually doing in his intentionality and making sure that he and his wife, making sure that I was, that I was okay, that I was provided for, that I felt, you know, cared for and protected. I think those, those pieces were really instrumental. I think keeping me here and making me who I am today. I have, uh, I was just thinking, so all of those, I guess when I was going to ask that question, I was wondering if there's something that you have done or maybe working with a client or like this. So I like mm -hmm. that. It's interesting. All of the, those, both answers have to do with, with you, um, with you being at the receiving end, right? And, and, and having those mentors and you being so interested in mentorship and wanting to kind of give back, I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so there's hearsay that, uh, that you you're looking into writing a book or something like that is oh that oh my god <laughs> talking to each other jeez all oh, the grapevines yeah i would love to write a book i would i would <laughs> i would love to i would love to i have chapters written down over here on my desk right here so okay oh, she's my accountability partner right now i don't have a title okay i don't have a title at all but so my dissertation I wrote it because I felt like it would be a good tool for people who looked like me also pursuing a terminal degree mm -hmm. to like, as a reminder, like you're not the only one, right? Like yeah. somebody has done this. We thought about you. These are things that probably you're going to be experiencing. So like, just keep, just keep on, like you're going to, you're going to make it, you'll be fine. Uh -huh. So I've always felt this kind of responsibility to, to give back to people, right. To make things easier for them if they're following me in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And so my book idea is a little bit similar to more so along the lines of being a person of color, being, mm -hmm. um, being a woman in, mm -hmm. in academia, mm -hmm. what it looks like to, um, to experience sort of like micro and macroaggressions and how I've kind of responded to them. So yeah. it feels like it's going to be more of a memoir and I hope people want to read it. Yeah. Uh, 
No, I think that'll be good. So I, I found a lot of my mentorship through authors. Um, I do a lot of reading and that's, I think that comes from when I started, I didn't really read much until my early twenties. And um, I was over in Japan and I didn't have a lot of people to really look up to. Mm -hmm. And so I found books. And for you, I'm sorry, I forget what her name was, your mentor that really helped you find who you are. Uh, Dr. D? Yeah, Dr. Yeah. D. So, yeah. so mm -hmm. um, if you had not had her, uh, okay. yeah, so, and then, so it's a book like this for someone, for another, uh, another person going through a program, if they don't have you around or if they don't have uh, someone, you know, that then they, maybe they can come across your book and that. That's a, that's a great way to find mentorship, I think. So I think that it's needed, and I hope that you write it. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying. All right. <laughs> with with all of your free time. Yes, all the free time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I guess last, I was just going to ask. I know it's been a wild ride, and even from, uh, you know, California to Virginia, coming to Regent, and then your time here. Um, is there anything looking back that you that you wish you could have changed or done differently or hmm. not not really i think yeah. i think steps of my story make sense looking back mm -hmm. I, I wish i had been able to find my voice earlier i'm mm -hmm. curious about how i what that would have looked like yeah. um what it would have looked like for me but no i think i think everything happened the way it was supposed to yeah, I'll I'll tell you. You're. Uh, I remember our first semester with you. We had um, psychopathology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and everyone everyone just loved you. And the a lot of the big reason that they loved you is because of your personality. And I I think you having your voice. And so, I can't imagine uh, Dr. Page before that happened. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have recognized her. Mm. Okay, it yeah. wouldn't have been <laughs> very like. We talk about being congruent people, right? Like not kind uh, of siphoning pieces of ourselves off. And <laughs> so I didn't know how to kind of, I didn't know how to merge them. Hmm. So I'm, I'm glad that um, I'm, I'm more congruent individual <laughs> than I was when I started graduate school. Yeah. yeah. I, I read about, I read about a, uh, it was a quote from a psychoanalyst who was talking about institutes and he was saying that we get all these smart and bright people, all these people with all these different backgrounds and personalities. And then they come to the Institute and they think that they have to learn this technique or this intervention and that they have to follow the follow exactly the way that it's and then it says it's a shame that there's not more of their personalities involved or that mm -hmm. there's not more uh, with the therapeutic relationship being the most kind of important aspect that there's not a whole lot of research on different personality styles and therapy. And I thought that was really interesting. And I think someone with you like your personality type. Um, I think that that would just, that's already just a great, uh, a great added bonus or piece for you to conduct therapy, I would, I would imagine. Thank you. I uh, hope so. Yeah. My clients seem to enjoy it. Good. <laughs> Good. Working. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Dr. Page, thank you. Thank you for sharing with us today. Um, I really enjoyed it. I always love hearing your story. Your story, yeah, your story just, you couldn't have ever dreamt it up, you know? It's all fallen into place. Yeah, it has. 
there's the creator. Yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating. I'm just following. It's, yeah. I couldn't have, I could not have drawn this out better myself. So yeah. Yeah, happy to share. Thank you. You're welcome.